right down front. Hello. So I just want to thank God for, um, first of all, the living arrangement that I um, have right now is, is great. Great. No complaints, um, no major complaints. However, um, one of my coworkers just um, came up to me today and was like, you know, I've been thinking about you and um, Jeremiah, and uh, I have this a really huge basement and um, a lot of space, and, and they have dogs and everything, and so, like, you know, we just got a puppy for Christmas, so we're really excited. So um, they were, like, you know, kind of making that offer, like, you know, would you guys be interested? So I just want to thank God for that, because that was so out of the blue. Yeah. But a, another believer, um, great situation, and um, still close enough to church and school. So, um, so just you know, keep me in prayer for that. So that might be um, something in the in the near future that we would be considering. So, okay. um, but yes, definitely a blessing. So I'm thankful for that. Definitely, and man, you know, we live in one of the more expensive areas of the country for sure. So it's always nice when someone approaches with kind of low living accommodations. So we'll pray for that. Here in a minute, is there someone else with a praise or a prayer request that they'd like to uh, mention? All right, well, pray for our children. They start in the academy on Monday here. Um, so it's just kind of a decision oh. that we've made um, as Rebecca continues to recover uh, or try to recover, I guess, from Lyme and Babesia. So we'd certainly appreciate your prayers on that. Uh, let's go ahead and praise God for these and also pray. God, we thank you that Claudia has potentially found a, another living accommodation uh, with someone who's offered kind of a basement apartment situation and they're, they're believers and it seems like the dynamics would work well. We just pray for wisdom for her as she is going to be making some decisions whether to stay put or to move and so we just pray that you give her clear direction and, and we also just praise you that it's close to close to work in the school there as well so we just Again, ask you for your wisdom there. I do pray for our children, God, as they start Monday with a different type of school situation, which is unique to our family and, uh, you know, homeschooling for, you know, since the kids were uh, school age. So we just pray for them. We lift them up. We do thank you for our academy here, and we just pray for uh, just a good uh, transition coming up on Monday. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's open up with our first song this evening, which will be, Oh, the deep, deep love of Jesus. He loves us so much. Or how deep the Father's love for us. Excuse me. Confuse the two. Kind of the same message, though. Let's sing it together on that first verse. How deep the Father's love for us. How vast beyond all. Was my 
gave us his son freely. You know, we all know each other in here, right? But are we willing to die for one another? I mean, we say we, we would, and we, we probably would. It's a tough question to ask, right? But we would have some reservation at least, wouldn't we? God had no reservation sending his son to die for us. Isn't that just an amazing truth? Well, a few requests while I look for some hands out here. Rusty, uh, Debbie's dad, was in a car accident and not a lot of details, but we want to lift him up, um, especially um, there in North Carolina. And then Anisha's mom is in the hospital with the flu and a collapsed lung. Debbie, do you have an update? We'll come to you. Uh, Troy, would you mind passing the mic to Debbie? And I know many are out with the flu. I know the Thomas family, they're dealing with some flu and then others have over Christmas. You know, it's that season. But Debbie, do you have an update you'd like to share with us? Um, he uh, has some fractured ribs. Oh, bummer. Um, so, and they picked up some medication from him from the pharmacy, and uh, my brothers, you know, got him, whatever, got him together and took him home. So, but mm. he is without a car now. I believe it will be claimed 100% totaled. Um, okay. And, uh, but yeah, so he's, he said he's feeling pretty good right now, but as we all know, the next day after a car accident is usually when the pain really starts to, especially if you have fractured ribs. Yeah, ribs are painful. <laughs> yeah. It's like you so, can't hardly move at all. Right, and the, the, the whole process of taking deep breaths and mm -hmm. getting that to heal, and anyway, so that's, that's the update. Okay, well, thank you for sharing. Glad he's okay, and it's not more serious than the fractured ribs, but still, that's some tough stuff to deal with. Troy, could you pray for Rusty, please, and then Gwen, Rhett, Anisha's mom? Thank you. Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for how you provide for us. We thank you for the good day that you've given us. We ask that you would be with Rusty and that he was involved with the car accident. We thank you that even though he was hurt with broken ribs, that it wasn't more serious beyond that, that you would just help those to heal properly, but hopefully yet quickly. That, and that as he deals with everything with the insurances on whether the car's going to get totaled out or not, and then having to find another vehicle that you would just lead him to the one that he is to have that would serve him well. We thank you for the fact that his boys are right there too to help out, that you would just give them the wisdom and guidance as well. We ask that you would just be with Anisha's mom as she's in the hospital with the flu and a collapsed lung, that they would be able to get that lung reinflated and that she would soon get over this flu. And we thank you for these things in your son's name. Amen. So I wanted to share with you that Pastor Schneider had his nerve burning today and it went, um, it went well, but the really good effects of it don't kick in for several weeks. But 
in the meantime, he has the pain of what they did. So in a couple days, he'll have relief from that. But then he has to live with the regular pain until that kicks in. So do be praying for him. And then also, Andy texted me and said he's asking for continued prayer for his friend Jim McDaniel, who had a stroke on December 14th. He's currently an inpatient at the Encompass Health Rehab Center in Bridgeport, West Virginia. But they are hoping to um, get him to transition home in the coming weeks. So we need to pray for his friend. Again, his name is Jim McDaniel. Would you mind praying for those I would two? not at all. God, we thank you very much for our pastor. It is a privilege to be under his leadership and to know him personally and to know how much he cares for us as a church and to know how much he cares for his family. We do pray for his condition with his back, Father. I know he's in a great amount of pain on a regular basis. It's, it's I don't want to say limiting, but it's <sighs> discouraging. But even that, he hates that word. So I don't want to use that word. But it's a weight on him. So I pray, God, that he would experience some relief. That he would be able to be free to do his ministry, to serve his wife, to be a blessing to others. So God, I pray that this procedure would be extremely successful. That when all is said and done, he would have long-lasting relief. I know it's not permanent, supposedly, but you can do whatever you want, God. So please, work it out for his good, your glory. That's what we ask. We also pray for Jim McDaniel as he's recovering from the stroke. We pray that his recovery would be effective and quick and that it would be long-lasting and that nothing would hit him like this again. I pray that you would use this situation to draw not only him closer to you, but also those in his immediate family and his support circle. Nothing is more important than our walk with you, our relationship with you, and our secure knowledge of our standing in Christ. So please bless in that situation and work it out for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. Well, we need to be praying for Troy, who has an appointment this, that would be tomorrow, I guess, tomorrow at 8 a.m. at Kaiser Capitol Hill. Um, so um, details of it are in the prayer sheet, which are in the back if you didn't get that. So we need to be praying for Troy's appointment uh, tomorrow morning. And then did the microphone go somewhere? Cheryl? He knows that Muriel has been very sick. Yes. Um, she has COVID. She thought she just had a cold and then finally went to the doctor and found out that she did have COVID and they gave her some medicine. I talked with her yesterday and she's feeling much better. Oh, great. Um, uh, my brother-in-law, Eddie Flowers, who I'm not sure of his salvation. And he has been on the salvation list yes, before, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I'm not sure of his salvation. Um, he is... I don't know if he's still in the hospital or not, but around Christmas, uh, I think it was for about a week, he was in the hospital for um, congestive heart failure. Okay. So if we could keep him in prayer. Um, I'm not on real good terms with that side of my family. So and he's I, your brother-in-law? Brother-in-law. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then also uh, next Wednesday, I will be having major surgery. Okay. And um, it's because I have two prolapsed um, organs, and so they'll be taking care of that and some other things while they're in there. Um, I have sleep apnea, and that raises the risks. Um, so if you could keep me in prayer, I'd really appreciate it. And that's next Wednesday? Next Wednesday. Okay. Yeah. I won't... I'll I'll be bedridden, I think, for around two weeks. Or Do you have so. transportation to and from, or yes. how's okay? Yeah, I'm okay. good. Thank you. All right. Um, and then the recovery after that will depend on how they have to do everything. Okay. So. Well, let's lift these requests up.
Father, we do pray for Cheryl with the surgery happening, happening next Wednesday and, you know, concerns there with sleep apnea and risk and, and whatnot, God. We pray that it would just exceed, um, it would just go great, God, that there would be no complications from the sleep apnea or anything additional, God, exactly what they plan on doing, God, and that it would just go smoothly. We just pray for the recovery. It does sound like it will be quite uh, intense, so we lift her up, God, and we pray that as a church family, we'd, we'd come around her and support her as much as we can. We thank you that she mentioned, you know, transportation and everything like that is, is good. But God, if there's any other needs, God, that we would just be quick to meet them. We do lift up Eddie Flowers, uh, Cheryl's uh, brother-in-law, who was in the hospital recently. God, we lift up his salvation. I know he's been on the, the list a few times over the years, so we, we pray for him. And God, we pray whatever treatment that he needs to undergo for the heart failure, God, that um, you'd see, see him through that. God, most importantly, we're trusting you for his uh, salvation. We lift up Muriel, God, and she's just such an integral part of our church family. We know that when we're sick, she often blesses us. So we, we just lift her up. We praise you that she was able to get some medicine and that she's feeling better but we just pray for strength and complete healing for her. And God, uh, we, I also pray for my grandmother who's kind of getting over COVID as well. I, I thank you that she's doing better and we pray that she'll uh, heal up quickly also. We do lift up Troy's appointment tomorrow, God, and um, just as the doctors are checking some things out in regards to his vision. So we, we pray for that. We pray that he'd be able to get some answers uh, we pray that um, the doctors be able to provide just good clarity on, you know, a plan of action moving forward if there is one. I pray that you just calm any nerves that Troy may have. And uh, we, just, we do thank you, God, for modern medicine and health insurance. And, you know, Kaiser is a very reputable, you know, medical uh, provider. So we just pray that they would provide the exact care that he needs. And we just pray for that appointment. In Jesus' name, amen. Did I miss one from that set? I, I didn't, I don't remember. I think we covered it all. I see Mike's hand. Oh, Kevin. All right, now they're, Now we're warming up. We're going to Kevin, okay. then we'll go to Mike, Tracy, and I saw Gilda's hand in the back as well. Kevin. A couple of real quick things. Um, one, um, I'm not sure how Joseph Franklin's doing right now, but I do want to lift him up. Definitely. Um, I know he's been back in the hospital. Oh, Joe, the last update that I got from Beth is probably about a, just a few days old. Um, so, yeah, the microphone, that way those live streaming can hear you as well. Thanks. All right. The last update I had from Beth a few days ago was that they've got to do a lot of lab work off and on. Okay. And she was trying to figure out how that was going to work with her going back to school uh, today's one's yesterday. How, 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 how all that was going to work, mm. but they just said, just keep praying, and it's just... Waiting on the lab work to come yeah. back to see the next steps. Okay. Yeah. Kevin, would you mind praying for Joseph? Sure. Thank you. Thanks, Troy, for the update. And also, um, I'm heading out Sunday. I've got to go out of town for business. Uh, the company wants me, to, or the government wants me to go out to uh, St. Louis. I leave Sunday morning, and I'll be back um, Friday night about midnight. So, do you yeah. have family in St. Louis as well? Um, Are you able to see yeah, family? Yeah, while you're my mother-in-law and uh, um, most of Pam's family lives out in that area. So, oh, okay. Um, yeah. 
Well, we'll so, be praying it's a, a good trip. Go What's that? I can't go this time. Oh, she, yeah, she can't go this time. Yeah. Um, so kind of a bummer. Uh, but I'll lift those up. Thank, thank you. you. Um, Father, we thank you so much for this evening. We thank you, Father, for a chance to get together. And Lord, I just thank you that Joseph is doing better. Um, Father, we know that you are in control of this whole situation with him. Father, we do lift him up to you. We pray that the, the labs come back um, and he's good to go and, uh, and everything is uh, well and he can uh, get back, get on with his life, get out of the hospital and get on with his life. Um, we thank you again, Father, for an incredible turn of events for him. He has just bounced back so well from his surgery, and we just thank you for that, Father, because you're right in the middle of all of that. And Father, this is definitely a, another one of your miracles, and we just thank you for that. And Lord, I, I lift up to you, Pam and uh, Nathaniel, as I'm heading out of town. Pray that you'll keep them safe and just uh, travel mercies for me and uh, that this, this trip goes well. Father, I thank you for all that you've done for us and all that you do. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We'll go to Mike there in the back. So uh, Tammy's mom had a fall a few days ago, broke some ribs. Mm. So uh, just prayer for quick healing and, uh, you know, reducing the pain and, you mm -hmm. know, the, the struggle of getting through it. So. Uh, and Tammy also has a, a co-worker that she's close with, Margie, and uh, Margie's mother uh, just a few days ago had a mild heart attack. So thankfully it wasn't anything yeah. too terribly significant and, and uh, is on the road to recovery already. Okay. Uh, well, that's so, good. yeah. And, uh, but, uh, so those are uh, the requests for those. Okay. Would you mind passing the microphone to Tracy down there Can and then do. we'll pray for these? And that's Margie's mom who had the uh, mild heart attack? Okay. I just have a simple praise. Um, you know, God cares about the little things. Um, I was a little worried about Christmas this year. I wasn't really into celebrating. You know, 2023 was not a good year for me. And it was the first year without Marcus. So I was a little bit not looking forward to it. But God blessed my heart by giving us Lillian and Ethan for two days. All right. And they were with us for Christmas. That's great. And I have not seen my kids that happy in a long time. So it was just, it was just sweet. So Yeah, definitely. Well, I'm glad they were able to come. And I know there's some very close friendships there. So that's just a, such a cool uh, praise. Uh, we'll go over to Gilda. Um, I wanted to share something with you. First of all, I want to say, in behalf of all the teachers of the academy, we are excited that your kids are coming to the academy. Make so sure you just smack them around you know. a little bit. I'm just <laughs> Some kids are excited too, so I just wanted to let you know that. But, um, but um, I wanted to share something. Um, we are so blessed to be in this church. And I, I've, you know, I've, I have gone through different churches. Back home, we jump churches all the time. My dad, that's what my dad used to do. So we jump churches from churches. But this church has been very special to me. And one of the greatest things I have learned about these um, churches, how the passion the pastor has for missions. And I think it has been contagious, at least for me, it has been contagious um, how much... Um, we should care for the missionaries. And Absolutely. one of the greatest things that has happened throughout our 
missions conferences that we get to get to know them in a more personal. It's not just, oh, a person came over, preached, and we never see them anymore. So we get to know them a little bit more. And um, I have been able to become friends on Facebook with some of the missionaries' wives. And the missionaries to Mozambique, uh, Noah and Tristan Wilkerson, um, when he first came um, a little over a year ago, um, they had just found out that she was pregnant with her baby and they had just found out that she had a cleft palate and um, she was born with one of the worst cleft palate um, things that could be, mm -hmm. um, the most serious ones. And um, she has gone through many surgeries and uh, with all throughout all the surgeries, they also found out that she's deaf. So they have been they have been going through a lot of things in her in her health. And um, last week she went for a surgery to try to remove her tooth from her nose and put one on her tummy so she can learn how to swallow. And um, they, there was a mistake done, and they left a hole in her stomach that was leaking. Mm. So she went yesterday for an emergency surgery, thank God, and that they were able to um, fill the hole that was there. But um, I wanted to share these, first of all, so you guys can pray for her, mm -hmm. um, for the many more surgeries that are to come for her. Um, but also to share, um, you know, kind of like share the passion of, of, of the missionaries. And I, it really, truly, yesterday when I read her on Facebook, I stopped and I told Emily, Emily, we need to pray for her. And we, um, her and I pray for her. But it, it, it kind of was a slap to my face at that point saying, I... I'm not talking about you, any of you, but I am not praying enough for the missionaries. So mm. I wanted to share that because we need to pray for them. So Absolutely. That's all. Do you, by chance, know the Wilkerson's daughter's name? Eleni. Eleni? Okay. Let's pray for these requests. God, we do lift up Eleni, and uh, just sad to hear about the different medical um, challenges she's facing. God, we know that you have a perfect plan, you're sovereign, you're in control, but it, nevertheless, humanly speaking, it's difficult to hear about and difficult to watch from afar, but God, we pray that you just bless the Wilkerson's. Thank you for their faith in you. Thank you for their commitment to getting the gospel to Africa, and we pray that you would bless them uh, financially uh, with the different bills, I'm sure, that are going to come from these surgeries, uh, spiritually, most importantly. God, and we just lift up all of our missionaries. We know that our church has different opportunities at least once a year typically to go to a mission field. And uh, honestly, many more people need to take advantage of that, God. And sometimes we get a little comfortable in our American culture and there's nothing necessarily wrong with that, God, but the gospel is for all people and you've given us an, a cost-effective opportunity to do so. So God... Uh, as Gilda mentioned, most importantly, we need to be praying for our missionaries. We thank you for our missions committee and our teams and our pastors, God, that have a strong commitment to getting the gospel around the world, planting churches, and making disciples. So we, we lift up all of our missionaries.
We pray for Margie's mom who's suffered the uh, mild heart attack recently. We thank you that she is on the road to recovery. We pray for complete healing for her. We do lift up Tammy's mom and uh, the broken or fractured ribs. We pray that that would heal quickly. I don't know if Tammy's down there, but we just lift up mom. We pray just for complete healing, no further complications, and uh, no falls as well. Thank you for the uh, good Christmas that you gave Tracy and the kids and that Ethan and Lillian were able to come up and spend a few days with them. We just thank you, God, for just blessing them in that way with, you know, the different things and the dynamics going on, God, and we're just, we're thankful to hear of Tracy's praise and just the little things in life sometimes, God, that you bless us with. You are just so amazing and you're such a good, good God and a good provider. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, let's go to our next song. Um, we have to give Rosie something to do since she's come in the service, I guess. Oh, the deep, deep love. And we're just so thankful. You know, Rosie and Patty, they do double duty on Wednesdays usually, bouncing between the kids' ministry and here. So let's sing about the love of God. It's vast, it's unmeasured, it's boundless. Most importantly, it's free to us. Oh, the deep, deep love of Jesus, vast, unmeasured, boundless, free, rolling as a mighty ocean in its fullness over me. Underneath me, all around me, is the current of your love, Leading onward, leading homeward to your glorious rest above. Oh, the deep, deep love, all I need and trust is the deep, deep love of Jesus. And we will stop there. When I picked the song this evening, I had another song in mind, and when it comes up on the screen, it's like, oh, that's not the one I intended, but we all made it through, and most importantly, the words are impactful, aren't they? Well, who will be next with a prayer request or praise this evening? Yes, Rebecca, and then Stephen will come to you, and I'd ask if you wouldn't mind praying for these requests, Stephen. All right. It's coming on, so just keep talking, and that microphone will turn on. I think I mentioned a while back that I'm going to be start, starting to look for a job um, since I lost my other part-time job. Um, and it's a little difficult. <laughs> um, it's very easy for me to apply for anything and everything to mm -hmm. just for the sake of getting a job. Um, but I'm realizing <laughs> I can't do everything and everything that I once could, um, like being on my feet all day long and lifting things. So um, just pray for patience and the right job to come along. Um, and then also I'm looking possibly at going back to school um, because I need to be able to support <laughs> with a better income than what I have now and without some schooling that's proving to be rather difficult. Mm. Um, and then my next request is, um, <laughs> I 
forgot to uh, renew Jay's insurance, health insurance, um, and financial aid. Um, and so just pray that that gets resolved quickly. I've started that process, um, but he also needs his medicine in a few weeks. Mm. Um, and so without that financial aid, we can't get that medication. <laughs> yeah. um, last year, they kind of gave us a, a pardoning in a way because they knew we were applying for the financial aid. So they went ahead and gave it to him, okay. realizing that he was most likely going to get it. Mm -hmm. So I'm hoping they'll do that again. Um, but yeah, just pray for that process to go smoothly and quickly. And then the job situation. Um, we'll certainly do that. <laughs> Would you mind passing the microphone to Stephen, please? Thank you. Uh, just a praise for our Saturday outreaches. It's been growing. We've been uh, averaging now three locations, Walmart and Clinton over here, the La Colonial uh, Spanish Market across from Andrews, and the Charles has been going over to the uh, Amish Market in Upper Marlboro on Saturday. So we've been going uh, Walmart and the La Colonial at 9.30, and then Charles has been going at 8.30 when the um, market opens up. And usually we can get around 500 tracks uh, in about an hour or two, just because especially lately with the Christmas and New Year's mm -hmm. traffic. And uh, this Saturday, Minor, Pastor Minor and um, Kenny have been talking about going door to door this um, Saturday. So I think they're going to lead one of those up. So uh, just uh, praise for that, for God letting us get those tracks out and talk to people from all over the world. And it has, it has uh, come with testimonies of there was a lady just the other day, we hadn't been out for like two weeks because of the uh, Christmas and whatnot, and she said, oh, are you the ones that were here the other Saturday? And I said, yes. And she said, oh, good, because I've been trying to remember where you guys were, and I just couldn't remember. So just having that consistency nice. of being out there every Saturday is a testimony of that. And then when I was out there last Saturday, it was me and Linda at Walmart, I started hearing a microphone from far away, and at first I thought it was like a radio or something, and I just hear, Romans chapter 1, verse 16, and I thought somebody was listening to like a preaching on the car. And then it just kept, I kept, the way the wind was carrying it, I'd hear it every so often. And when I was talking to Linda, she was like, well, I don't know. I think he's saying something, but I don't know. But when I walked, I listened a little closer. I heard him saying, the gospel will change your life. The gospel can save you. And I, we realized later she went and talked to him. It was another church that was down by the Arby's. And they were doing a little bit of open air preaching and passing out tracts. And it was just cool to see another, you know, group of believers show up. Because you don't normally find that. You usually just find people that they'll say, like, I'm already saved. Or mm -hmm. I'm good. Or one guy told me the other day, he said, I'm an ordained minister, as if that was going to, you know, justify him, and why did I need to get him attracted in that place? Yeah. But if you could just pray for that, um, just for that, and for more laborers, because we can always use more people. I know Pastor talked about one of the dailies is witnessing, and mm -hmm. so just helping us empty out those tracks in the racks there, because Pastor Chuck has given me the challenge to make him order more, so I'm trying to hold him to that, so. Absolutely. <laughs> hey, well, 500 a weekend, man, you know, 2,000 a month. I'll yeah. empty him real quick. Would you mind lifting up uh, the outreach and then Rebecca's request? Thank you. Lord, we thank you once again for this opportunity to be here. We thank you for just this wonderful church body you have given us, a wonderful pastor, wonderful leaders to just shepherd us and care for us. And, and definitely based off the testimonies we've been hearing, we, we definitely feel that and, and know that's the case. And God, we just lift up Rebecca and these many requests she shared uh, from her heart. And uh, we just um, ask for wisdom as she's looking for a new job, um, just for the right job, obviously, God, you've, you've been um, 
burdening her mind or just to find the right one that's going to be able to work for her situation, for her abilities, and that's it's going to be satisfying and and meaningful so she can provide for her family. And at the same time, uh, we pray for school options. Obviously, she knows that a lot of a lot of jobs, unfortunately, nowadays, you really have to have some kind of education and in, in the field you're trying to go for just to kind of help uh, get a better income. I know sometimes that can be the make or break for certain jobs is maybe having that little bit of a certification or a degree or some kind of uh, formal training that will set you apart from the competition. And so we just pray for the wisdom for now to find a job that's, that's going to um, meet um, the qualifications she's looking for, the, the focus that she's looking for, and then school options. And, and not just any school, but a school that would give quality training, but also at the same time be affordable and maybe even have financial aid and other type of options to make it easier on her and the family. And then we also pray for Jay and with the soil health insurance and the financial aid situation. I know she's going through the process of reapplying right now, but we just pray that she'd have wisdom to be able to fill all the forms and applications out correctly and that there'd be no delay in the process and that all the, the right people that have to review and approve and and make sure that he gets the the right uh, type of benefits that that would all go through with no issues and no hiccups and that he would get the medicine he needs on time as as he uh, needs it. And so we just pray for all that, God. And we thank you once again, God, that you have burdened uh, me and many others to just get the gospel out week in and week out on Saturdays. And Lord, thank you for those that have reached out to us when we're out there and that have uh, asked more information about our church. We've, we've heard numerous testimonies, all good um, when it comes to our church or when it uh, comes to just mentioning the name Fellowship Baptist Church up in Marlboro. And we just thank you for that, God, because that's your hand upon us. That's not us and our own strength. And I thank you, God, that you've given us a good testimony in this church that when we go out there, we're not worried about mentioning the name Fellowship Baptist Church and hearing a negative connotation or hearing about some wicked thing. But God, that we hear of just your hand upon this church, preserving it, protecting it and keeping us going, knowing that it's only you that we can do what we do. And so God, I pray that you would just continue to use us and raise up many more in our church to just either come out on Saturdays with us or just take tracks with them and throughout the week as they're going through their lives and as they're going to restaurants and stores and, and businesses that they would just give them out and help us to empty out the racks and just order plenty more and just keep going through them and keep witnessing and keep winning people to Jesus as you enable us, God. And we thank you for all you're going to do, God, trusting that you'll do wonderful things in this 2024 through our efforts. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's sing another song together. Every promise of your word. God's words are true. He cannot lie, the Bible says. So let's sing it together. Well, never mind. We don't have that one on virtual pianist, I don't think. So let's go. Oh, there it is. Read my mind. Let's sing it together. From the Your covenant is sure and 
end it right there and we'll continue on with some prayer requests and praises. There we go. Well, Pamela Robinson has a prayer request on the prayer sheet for all the Lord's people to remain faithful to him during these trying times and for us to judge righteously. And so it's interesting. The Bible says in the book of Psalms that the faithful fail uh, from the children of men. And that word fail means the faithful are passing away or they're dying. And back then when that was written, and you, you think of your faith or the heritage, maybe you're a first generation Christian, maybe you're a third, fourth, fifth generation Christian, and how we're not, Christians are not producing Christians at the rate that the world once saw. Certainly in pockets around the world, you think of the church in China and maybe the underground churches in the Middle East, but the American church, unfortunately, many churches are going backwards. Statistics say that larger churches in America nowadays, if we're a church of 200, is considered a large church now in America. If you think of 20 years ago, that probably would have been considered a small church. You know, we think of mega churches and statistics, and, you know, there's some variability here and there. But just think about what are we doing as believers? And that kind of struck a chord with me for the, the Lord's people to remain faithful. You know, uh, in Romans 2, again, the Pharisees were giving uh, the, the Jewish people and others looking on reason to blaspheme in the name of God. Um, Paul was using them as an example, that as hypocrites. They were telling people not to steal. They were stealing from them. They were saying one thing and doing another. So we just have to be careful as the people of God to remain faithful to his word, faithful to attending church, faithful to edifying uh, the body of Christ. And, uh, you know, when you're plugged into a good church and when you're plugged into God's word, you're praying, things often go pretty good, don't they? There's going to be valleys. There's going to be different things along the way, certainly. But it's harder to be deceived when you're faithfully in God's word every day and you're praying and you're getting good counsel. So we'll pray for that here momentarily. In just a few minutes uh, remaining, is there someone else with a prayer request or praise before we, um, you know, go to our salvation list and mention a few names? Yes, Murky. Good evening. Good um, evening. Just courage, because uh, I'm anxious about my upcoming surgeries. Next week, I will have a mole removed on my shoulder. It's growing irregularly, like the shape is not Mm -hmm. usual. So they're going to send that, that to pathology after that. And then on the 11th will be my second opinion for that laser, the iridotomy for my eyes. Okay. Because he, the doctor, the first doctor I saw gave me a scare because he said, we got to do this right away. I remember you mentioned that a few weeks ago. Yeah. yeah. Eventually he said, I'm going to go blind. <laughs> That's one thing that you just don't want to you know, to go blind. And that really gives me anxiety so much that I, I am losing sleep. Mm. So we'll definitely pray for you on that. Yeah. So I'm scheduled for the, uh, iridotomy for the left eye cause it's worse. Um, I'm seeing like blurry. So it's like tunnel vision on the left eye. Um, although my son just knew that <laughs> I'm having, I'm not really disclosing a lot right. to my kids. Okay. Uh, so that will be on the 18th. But if, if the second opinion doctor would say, we got to do this now, then I'm just going to go for it. Okay. Yeah. All right. Cool. So the right eye will be on the 30th, but uh, we'll see if the 11th, you know, the day, the January 11th, second opinion 
doctor is better than the first doctor that I saw. Different medical we'll groups, see what I'm the, assuming? Yeah, um, oh. the Eubanks, um, Sandy Eubanks, he worked for the um, uh, glaucoma center uh, specialist, specialist. Okay. And he's been really trying to help me out and interpreting what these abbreviations are. Oh, okay. So I'm really grateful, you know, for for that. And they're like my second parents. <laughs> that's great. And isn't yeah. it uh, just thank great you. that, you know, fellow church members and just helping out with needs. And that's really cool because yeah. I would yeah. have no idea, exactly. you know, unless you mentioned that. And it's just yeah. really cool how, you know, connections daughter, are made in church. Yeah, their daughter actually is my best, one of my best friends because Autumn and their daughter and her daughter, their grandkid, um, Talia, are best friends in school since third grade. Wow. Okay. So we became best friends and until I figured out, oh, you're her mom. <laughs> so that was, that was a really good surprise yes. <laughs> to know the Eubanks, that they're Abs here. Absolutely. Well, we'll let's, uh, let's pray for these requests. What was Thank the request so before Murky's? Was there one before that? I'm sorry, my memory is not serving me well. Just for my memory. Yeah, pray for my memory. I need to take more ginkgo. Uh, what is that? Ginkgo biloba or whatever that stuff is. God, we lift up Murky and we pray for the skin surgery coming up. I know they're going to have to send off a, a, a bit of that to pathology. We pray that it wouldn't uh, result in, in any additional things needed to be um, done. We pray that it would just be benign and just kind of something that they need to take care of and kind of a one and done thing. We do pray for just her anxiety and the upcoming appointments regarding um, the situation with her left eye and then a potential right eye assessment as well. Uh, God, many of us who don't exactly or never experience it may not be able to uh, put ourselves in her place exactly, God, but all of us kind of get um, some anxiety from time to time regarding different health situations that we're facing, but specifically we lift up uh, murky, and we we know that she's been thinking about this a lot. It's keeping her up at night, God. We pray that you would just allow her mind at night, God, just to completely calm down. That you would just give her some good sleep over the next couple weeks, and especially going into these appointments, God. That uh, that just there would be minimal anxiety going in, and God, that um, the second opinion um, would just be exactly what it, it should be, God, but um, maybe not as significant as the first doctor uh, portrayed. We thank you for the Eubanks and how they're just helping uh, Murky out and just making different connections here and there. That's just really cool to hear about, God. And we just thank you for different families, different church members, and, and the way that we help out each other, God. We pray that we would do more of that. And uh, we just thank you for these things. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, as we close out tonight, we'll look at our salvation uh, list. I'm not going to read everyone's names here, if, but I would encourage you to get a list. There's definitely some new names over the past uh, few weeks since we've been together. Actually, several new names, probably uh, about half or more, I would say. So uh, be sure to grab a salvation list, and there's just certainly all kinds of needs to pray for, but the most important need for a human soul is to be saved, salvation. This whole thing that we're involved in, the world, the earth spinning, humanity, why are we here? Well, God had a plan, right? He knew, and it's hard for us to wrap our heads around, that Adam and Eve would sin, that he would need to send his son to die on the cross for our sins and give us the opportunity to accept the gift of salvation. But that is why we're, we are all here. We're not here to plug, you know, 
15, 20% in our 401ks a year. We're not here to, you know, whatever it may be, you know, to be the greatest at golf and retirement or to be the greatest bow hunter of all time, even though that is me. I'm just kidding. That's not me. You know, things in life, they're just so temporary. And uh, Rebecca was talking today, you know, when you hear of someone young passing away, you know, we think of maybe a 10-year-old or someone in their 20s passing away. It's terrible, isn't it? In light of eternity, even someone who dies at a young age, eternity, that, that pales in comparison to, as a believer, when, even if they died at an early age, how much better eternity is. They get to spend longer in eternity, and we say, man, we only had them for such a short time. But think about how long eternity goes on and goes on and goes on. It doesn't diminish the fact of sadness, and I'm not saying we shouldn't be sad and grieve those, opportunity, or grieve those moments, rather. But think about the opportunity that we'll have in eternity with our Savior, Jesus Christ, ruling and reigning, whatever we'll may, we may be doing. I was talking to my father-in-law over the, uh, the Christmas break, and he'll never tell you he has two PhDs, and he's just a really just a great Bible scholar. He, and we're just, you know, conjecturing and what, what will heaven be like. And he was like, well, I think, you know, in heaven, you know, everybody will still have somewhat of a purpose, somewhat of a job. It's not like we're just going to be sitting around for millennia after millennia doing nothing. You know, we should have some sort of purpose. I don't know what it's going to be. It's kind of fun to imagine. But uh, how much more for the people that we pray for to have an opportunity to join us in heaven one day? Because I know, and I'm sorry, it's not my turn to preach tonight. I turned Pastor down. I know Pastor Christopher's coming in a minute. But down. I did turn him down. Yeah, you are. Yes, I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe you were first choice. I don't know. You know, I, I don't know. I'm just, trying to, I'm just trying to build you back up. I'm just trying to build you up. But I know I can take my salvation for granted sometimes, right? We wake up, right? We go to work. We eat. We go to bed. We do it again. 24-7. 365. Oh, yeah, let me, I'll take a vacation here and I'll take a vacation there. But we really have to think about our purpose and, uh, you know, me included. So um, I don't know. I don't know why I said that. It's just kind of challenging as we look at these names. And I know I don't pray for them nearly as much as I should or as earnestly as I should because honestly, half these people we don't know, but we should be praying for them. We should be earnestly seeking God on their uh, behalf and praying that they will come to the saving knowledge of uh, Jesus Christ. Even, you know, two of my cousins on here who live across halfway around the world um, are on here and they need to be saved as well. So as we close in prayer and we lift up our salvation, let's just be thinking of that as we go to prayer. And uh, oftentimes our minds can race, you know, Typically, we close our eyes, you know, we hear bow your heads, close your eyes. If you concentrate better by staring at the floor and opening your eyes, fine. But try to keep your mind from going when we pray, right? Because I know my mind uh, can do that. I already have something I need to do after church. I have to take something to someone and our minds can begin thinking about that, but it's not what we need to do. Let's focus in and then we'll hear from uh, God's word here momentarily. God, we thank you for our salvation in Christ. What an amazing thought that you, the king of the universe, afforded us the opportunity to accept the free gift of salvation. 
God, we know pastor uses the verse often. Not all who say, Lord, Lord, um, are believers. There are many people doing great works. There are many people doing great things all in vain because they have never accepted the free gift of salvation. Your grace, your mercy in our lives, God, it's just so amazing. These names on the salvation list, over half of them are brand new uh, to us this year. We lift them up. We pray for them to be saved. We pray for those in our church who attend every week, who think they're saved, those who know they're not saved, but for some reason they're just not placing their faith in you. We pray for their salvation. We pray for the salvation of those uh, children who don't even realize yet that they need uh, to be saved. What a great opportunity. And just over the past couple years, we've seen many new births and many young families uh, join. And uh, God, we just pray for the salvation of our, our children. God, we pray for our family members who aren't saved. Many of us in this room, if not all, have a family member or two or three or even more that don't know Christ as their Savior. We pray for them to be saved. God, when we have opportunities to speak up, that you would give us the opportunity to share the gospel with others, not in some flamboyant, offensive way. We know that the gospel is offensive because we are telling people that they're either going to heaven or hell when they die. But God, give us the words to say. Give us the tact to present the gospel in an effective way. Many of us have different work relationships and family relationships. And God, there's always a way that we can turn a conversation into a gospel presentation. Uh, so God, even this week or next week as we return to work, that we would be able to praise you for perhaps a testimony next Wednesday of an opportunity that you've given someone here to be able to share the gospel with someone. Sharing the gospel or getting the gospel, making disciples, God, is really lacking in the American church. And we know that you've commanded us in Matthew 28 to go, to baptize, to, to win uh, people to Christ, to make disciples of all nations, and teaching others what we have uh, observed on reading you uh, and what you've talked about in the New Testament, even in the Old Testament, how it all points to you, Jesus. And so we're just so thankful for our salvation. But we also pray, God, that we as Fellowship Baptist Church would not take that for granted, that we would not just keep it to ourselves, but that we would share it with others. We pray that you would bless Pastor Christopher as he preaches to us tonight. We just thank you for his care uh, for us as a church family. Again, we do lift up Pastor and Terry and just the different health situations that they're facing, and we pray that you just give them a, a good evening uh, together, a good rest of the week, God, and uh, Lord willing, back with us on Sunday. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, as pastor's very special assistant, I just got finished sending myself an edible arrangement to smooth things over for being his second choice. No, I'm totally kidding. I totally understand. I love Michael Morgan's preaching. I have since the first time he preached, and I will never be sad to be second choice to Michael. Uh, but have you ever stopped to think, where in the world are we in terms of church history? Doesn't it seem like we're in this great big waiting game We've been just waiting and waiting and waiting. What are we waiting for? We're waiting for Jesus Christ to return. 
That's a big deal. Our Savior, our Lord, our God is going to appear in the clouds and call us home. And that's going to be so exciting. And the Bible is full of waiting periods. Some of the most historical moments in the Bible, the most grand moments, are followed by long periods of waiting. Think of the uh, Israelites being freed from the Egyptians. Then they end up in the wilderness, and they go around in the wilderness for 40 long years. I'm sure they were very puzzled. Why are we here? What's next in our life? And then you think about the times during the prophets where they knew a Messiah was coming, but they didn't know exactly when. But they were waiting, and they were waiting. And then there's the 400 years of silence between the Old Testament and the New Testament. More waiting. Here we are waiting. What's special about this phase of life? God called you to live in 2023 during this period of waiting. And you might be jealous, thinking, oh, I wish I was around during the the foundation setting of the church when miracles were being done by the apostles to really establish the fact that they were chosen by God for a special purpose. But no, you were ordained to be alive right now during this period of waiting. Can you imagine what it would be like to sit in as a spectator on the wall as Paul mentors Timothy and gets him ready for not just his personal Christian life, but for his leadership of the church as it begins to take wings and spread all over the world? You know, you might think, what's the big deal about this Paul and Timothy relationship? Why is that so special? Well, I want you to think of it from this perspective. Paul is an apostle. He saw the resurrected Christ with his own eyes. He had an encounter with Christ. That's a big deal. God uses those people in special ways to say, this church that's being started, it's official. It, I can prove it because these apostles are doing miracles. And then they go out and they start this church and they start that church. And they're establishing, establishing policies and procedures, if you will, for us through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit as we see the word being written. So that's why it's special that Paul, an apostle, is passing it on to the next generation. You see, Timothy was not an apostle, but a very important church leader. Timothy is sort of in a position like many of us who are leading a church in some form or fashion, children's ministries, music ministries, and so on and so on. All of us have a role. Well, last time I was with you, we were going over the book of 2 Timothy, and I only got to verse 22. That was sad, wasn't it? I know, you wanted more. So did I. Well, tonight we're starting in verse 23, and we do get to be that spectator on the wall that I was talking about, because God had Paul not just sit down in a room and mentor Timothy, he had him write a letter saved for all time. It will never pass away, and here it is. So jump into verse 23 with me as Paul is coaching Timothy on what to do and how to handle these last times. We are in them. He says, But foolish and unlearned questions avoid, knowing that they do gender strifes. Oh, it doesn't sound very gracious to avoid questions. That sounds downright rude. No, it is a wonderfully gracious thing to do. If a question comes at you that is foolish and unlearned, sometimes the best thing to do is say, 
I don't have an answer for that question right now. Thank you. And just let it go. Because sometimes people who are up to no good will ask you questions to try to pick a fight. Have you ever had that happen before? Yes, I've had it happen. I had someone send me a text message out of the blue one day, and I thought, well, that's interesting. I haven't heard from this person in probably years. And it seemed like an innocuous question enough at the time. But then I started considering some other things I knew about this person, and I said, this question is absolutely 100% picking a fight. This person no longer is connected to our church. They have a problem with pastor. But the question did not have anything to do with that at first glance. So I avoided that question. I did not want to get into a fight. I did not want to start that strife. So even when you think you're answering a question graciously and sincerely, if the question was foolish to begin with, you are gendering strife by giving fuel to the fire. Because have you ever noticed that a person who asks these questions, when they have an ulterior motive, they're not going to accept your answer and just move along. They're going to take your answer, use it as kindling for the next follow-up question that's going to keep it getting hotter and hotter. So when you get those types of questions, or when you start being around someone who something just doesn't feel right, it feels like there is something under the current of the communications that I'm receiving, avoid it. It's great advice. Verse 24 says, And the servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle unto all men, apt to teach patience. You think of the model of the American man. The word gentle doesn't pop up usually in that. Now, in some rom-coms, you'll see men being gentle, and that's really great for that woman to receive. But here, the Bible is calling men to be gentle, leaders of the church to be gentle. Don't be so quick to fight. Don't have to have the last word. You have to be apt to teach and patient. You guys know what it means to strive, right? It just means to fight. Think about verse 23, answering foolish questions. If you do that, you are in effect, encouraging the fight. So men of God, be gentle. Consider, is this a good time to open my mouth or not? Verse 25 says, in meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves. If God peradventure will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth. Did you know that your approach matters as you instruct and witness to others? Yeah, it's not just, well, God told me to go, so I'm going to go, and I'm going to just hammer them hard and make sure they hear the truth. Wow. I mean, that's not what I hear here. In meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves. What is meekness? I'm sure you've heard the very common definition, power under control. Meekness has a lot of different definitions and a lot of connotations, but the idea is keep yourself under control. Don't be puffed up. Don't be arrogant. Don't come across as though you have all the answers. That is such a turnoff. People who are opposing themselves are so stuck in sin, they don't even realize it. They're basically fighting themselves because of their sin. It's almost like they're an animal in a trap. And they're, they're fighting against it, not realizing that everything they do makes it worse. Every sin they commit, every rejection of the Father they commit is making that trap worse and more significant and causing them more and more scars. Now, how are you going to approach an animal that's hurt? Are you going to be angry at that animal? Of course not. You're going to have a sense of compassion for the animal. 
Have that approach when you approach someone who needs to hear the gospel, someone who opposes themselves. What are you hoping that's going to happen? That they will repent of their sinful condition, recognize that they need a Savior, and call upon the name of the Lord to be saved. But if you don't do it with meekness, it's unlikely to happen. And they, excuse me, and that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil who are taken captive by him at his will. I hope that picture of an animal snared came up in your mind again. It was already a powerful picture in my mind, but when you add this in, the devil is the one who set that trap. Oh, that devil. He's so deceptive. We have an enemy, and he's active, and he wants no one to come to Christ. But we're on a mission to make sure that we get to release those traps as we go around. Now, Christ is the one who makes it possible to release the traps, but we hold the key, don't we? We have the answer, and we can give them that answer. And while they're trapped, make sure that you don't make fun of them for being trapped, that you make them feel dumb for being trapped. You were trapped once too, and I bet the person who came to you didn't make you feel like an idiot for being trapped in your own sin. You do have to recognize your sin, of course. We can be used to help them see from a different perspective what's ensnaring them. Why? Because we are not in the trap at the moment. We are stepped back from the trap. We can circle around them and see with spiritual eyes what's going on. And as we do, we can offer them that key and say, listen, I know how to get you out of this trap. And I want to, if you'll hear it. God doesn't force anyone. It was fascinating to me that it says that they might recover themselves. You know, you almost don't expect to see that in Scripture because we think, well, wait a minute. No one can recover themselves, but in a way we can. God gives all of us the free choice of whether or not you want to accept him. He never forces himself on any of us. We know from our childhood that if he did that, we would basically be robots and our love for him would mean nothing. So he says that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil. Just show them the truth. Give them the key. Offer them the key. But you can't force them. They have to be the one to grab it, put it in, turn the lock, and receive that freedom that Christ offers. Now let's go on to chapter 3. In verse 1 it says, This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. Would you say we're there? Oh, perilous times, my friends. They're here. What are these perilous times going to look like? Well, verse 2 says, For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. From such, turn away. Isn't it fascinating how the list starts? All the way back in verse 2, it just simply starts with this. Men shall be lovers of themselves. What a perfect way to start because once you love yourself, all these other things start to come out because you think you are God and you are worthy of committing all of these other acts. Why bother obeying parents? 
Why bother obeying? Why bother uh, speaking the truth? I just love myself. I want myself to be fulfilled. Do you think we see that in our culture today? Do people love themselves? Yeah, if you take a look back at what life was like 200 years ago even, self was not elevated to the level it is now. Every popular culture source we see encourages us to view ourselves as a God. Treat ourselves as a God. You see something you want, all you have to do is reach out and take it. You want to be your best self? Then put everything else aside, listen to your heart, and allow yourself to be self-actualized. That's the message of our culture. Find yourself. Fulfill yourself. And then how does the list conclude? Having a form of godliness. You know, if you watch some modern talk shows or advice shows, the advice to be your own God is basically what we're seeing, a form of godliness. It's almost a religion to love yourself, a religion to follow your own intuition to wherever life is going to take you. But these people who have a form of godliness, they deny the power thereof. Even if they look at the Bible and they see what they think they see, all they see are rules and they consider themselves godly simply for following rules because they're denying the power. They're obeying rules, but they have no spirit, the Holy Spirit, behind it. From these people, we need to turn away. So where is your power coming from? We don't want to be found in this list. We don't want to be said to, it to be said of us that we have a form of godliness. That would be devastating, wouldn't it? Would you hate to hear Jesus say to you, boy, you sure put on a great show for everybody at FBC. I mean, you looked the part. You looked like an executive pastor. Everyone thought that you were spiritual, that you walked with God. But the truth is, you were putting on a show. There was no Holy Spirit power in you. Whew. Devastating. Devastating to hear that. Just like it would be devastating to hear Depart from me. I never knew you. Let this list not be a description of you. Turn away from these things. Verse 6 says, For of this sort are they which creep into houses and lead captive silly women laden with sins, led away with diverse, diverse lusts, ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Boy, that is a great picture of perilous times. The apostates that are mentioned here, they have the power to lead silly women laden with sins away using various tempting tactics and lusts. These silly women are caught in sin. They're caught in so much sin that they're easily led astray. That's why they're described as silly women. They're just completely laden and any lust that is presented to them pulls them away. Verse 8 says, now as Janus and Jambres withstood Moses, so do these also resist the truth. Men of corrupt minds reprobate concerning the faith. You need to be on the lookout for these kind of people. These people are going to encounter you in the last times. They might have already encountered you. They could even be in our church. That's scary to think about. It's possible. False teachers love to find a fellowship, work their way in, find a Sunday school class, 
Start slowly sharing some truths that are just a little bit countercultural to the church culture, to the church teaching, and get a little bit of power, and then a little bit more power, and then try to lead a few astray and say, come follow me. I have the real truth. You guys are being led astray. You know, that's dangerous, isn't it? That's why Paul is warning Timothy not to be taken by this ride. Keep your eyes peeled for men who withstand the truth. Have you noticed that Pastor Schneider preaches the whole counsel of God? I mean, if, if you don't know that that is his heart's desire, then you haven't been watching very closely. He preaches the whole counsel. He doesn't shy away from the parts of the Bible that are difficult to preach. He will preach them all. So if someone stands against Pastor or accuses him of not preaching the truth, I'm probably going to be more likely to be on Pastor Schneider's side here because I've been listening to the man's preaching for, what, 12 years now. And it's just dripping with truth, dripping with spiritual guidance. So if someone sets themselves up against him and says, he is not being spirit-filled, ooh, I would be very, very careful. Watch out if someone withstands him, not because he is a god, but because he is a messenger of the truth. You can be like the Bereans and see for yourself. They were commended for the fact that as they heard Paul preach, they went home and studied fervently to make sure that what Paul said was true. That's a great practice for all of us. If pastor preaches something that you don't already know to be true, look it up. What a great thing to have the stamp of approval for everything that he says straight from Scripture. Verse 9 says, But they shall proceed no further, for their folly shall be manifest unto all men, as theirs also was. Praise God that even what is done in secret shall be revealed. Motives come out eventually, and evildoers don't have unrestrained power. So even though it's a little scary to talk about these apostate teachers who are going to be very deceptive, leading away silly women, leading away other men in the church, you don't have to fret because God's got it. He is sovereign. Nothing can happen without his permission. So even this apostasy is going to be used for God's glory and for the good of more people coming to Christ. Praise God. Because he uses everything, even terrible things. Verse 10 says, But thou hast fully known my doctrine. This is Paul talking to Timothy. Manner of life, my purpose, my faith, long-suffering, charity, patience, persecutions, afflictions, which came unto me at Antioch, at Lyconium, at Lystra, what persecutions I endured, but out of them all the Lord delivered me. Why does Paul go into this right now? I think it's because Paul is almost like flashing a badge. You know how when the FBI shows up in all those movies, FBI, open up. No one has time to read that badge. That could be right from the dollar store. But anyway, right here, Paul is kind of flashing a spiritual badge to say, you have been with me. You have walked the walk with me. You know that I am not part of this list that I'm telling you about. I'm not part of the apostasy. My walk is sincere. I've been delivered by the Lord. We need a badge like that. Our testimony, our lifestyle is that badge. You know what I'm saying? Make sure that your badge is not marred. Don't let it get soiled by, you know, erring off to the side and finding these fascinating doctrines that seem really enticing at first, but then you start to get carried away with them. Stick to the stuff that matters. Stick to the basics. There are so many basics that are well-established, well-received by the church as a whole. Don't be led astray. 
Don't let anyone lead you astray from the truth. And with that, we're going to close. So I started with, where are we in church history? We're waiting for our Lord's return. These warnings that Paul gave Timothy are for us too. Keep your eyes peeled. Don't let Satan deceive you. Certainly, don't let him turn you into one of these people. But also, don't let him blind your eye to tricky men who might want to sneak into our church or one of your alternate Bible studies. You know, there's all kinds of avenues that Satan could use to pull you away. Don't let it happen. Father, we thank you for your word. This warning is striking and powerful, easy to understand. We have to keep our eyes peeled. We have to be on the lookout against these men who are going to want to deceive your people. God, let us never, as a church, be led astray. Let us never be divided or split by one of these people who wants to cause division. Oh God, please let it not be so. We want to glorify you at this church. This church belongs to you. It's belonged to you from day one. It belongs to you now. And I know that you use men and women in this church to do the work, but it's you. It's you doing the work through us. And we thank you for that privilege. Be glorified now as we go. Help us to be safe and to be an encouragement to others, especially those who are sick and suffering right now in our church. In Jesus Christ's holy name we pray. Amen. Have a fantastic night. Thanks for coming. I hope it was a blessing.